ooh, let me show you the pictures. Bezoth, the demon, scrolls through his cell phone and holds it out with pride, raising his voice over the noise of the party. She was the runt of the litter, only two heads, but she's just the sweetest floof. Lightning recap. In the eternal cocktail party of the damned by Fonda Lee, this party in hell has everything. Gunfights with the band, rickrolling, live sushi. You've got a little time? We've got a little podcast. This is Short Story Short Podcast. I am Christopher J. Garcia, Hugo-nominated fanzine editor, though by the time you're hearing this, I'll either have won or lost. So hence, this is Schrodinger's podcast. (laughs) I like it. I like it. I am Christy L. Baxter, winner of... I haven't won anything in a long time or even been nominated. Um, so go out there and nominate me for something, people. Come on, you love me. You know you want to find something, <laughs> even if it's like, you know, uh, most mediumly obnoxious person in the, in, the, in the United States. I'm telling you, someday we're going to win a Pennsylvania podcast award and it's going to be huge. One of these days, yes. It's one of these days. Yes, and that day will be after we have read a short story. And what short story should we read before we find that day? I think that we should read The Eternal Cocktail Party of the Damned by Fonda Lee. This is another from the fantastic magazine Uncanny, which the editors are having a little hard time right now. My heart goes out to them. Good friends of mine, wonderful people. But this story in particular blew my freaking mind for how much fun it is (laughs) it absolutely is it is it is very fun as a story about a cocktail party should be even if it happens to be you know a new circle of hell yeah it works on 10 levels Um, (laughs) (laughs) yes it is (laughs) it's this great scene it's not so much a story it is a set piece that then gets examined. And I love those kind of things because one, they're awesome. And two, they're great. So the idea here is that a new level of hell is opened up that is far more reflective of today's world than all of the other ones. Although it does seem like hell gets updated fairly frequently which is a really fascinating idea because if you look at, you know, visions of hell from, you know, Dante Alighieri, uh, Hieronymus Bosch, uh, that other guy uh, who's now dead, um, the Max Dugan, no, not Max Dugan. Oh God, you devil movies with George Burns. Uh, The visions of hell or, or South Park even. They all evolve in new, fascinating ways. And here it's evolved into a cocktail party, which is legitimately my idea of hell. (laughs) I really love that it seems to be more the demons of hell finding, and you know, there is physical violence, but they're finding some of our emotional triggers here too. 
insecurity mm-hmm. being a big one, which you'll find it a lot of that at any cocktail party and overcompensating <laughs> for insecurity also. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like that they, it feels more 21st century hell because they have, the, the, the demons have pulled in that element of our own, nobody can torture us better than we can torture us. That's right, yes. And I think that aspect of the story, along with the obvious assignment of particular demons to particular uh, ideas, like, you know, you have the one who is the dog guy who has to show off the little floof. (laughs) You have, you know, you have the jerk at the party. You have all of these things, but they're all just demons being demons. Uh-huh. And the way they sort of bring in the aspects of the other nine levels of hell that we have been exposed to over the past, what, 500 years, uh, that we begin to find both satirical hooks where it's obvious what's being, you know, sort of pecked at there at the same time as uh, making use of an existing fiction. So, in a way, this is doing Alan Moore what Alan Moore did with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, except for with Visions of Hell. Absolutely, yeah. It's a really, uh, I think it's a really great spin on this idea of, of torture and being damned and what that means. What, you know, and it's something that we all kind of question no matter, I think, no matter whether you believe in a religion or not, whether you believe in heaven or hell or not. Uh, there's always that, that question in the back of your mind, especially if you're like a, a non-believer, where you're like, well, what if, <laughs> what if they're right? And uh, because I didn't believe that they were right, I'm going to go to this horrible, horrible place and, you know, have like be shot up while I'm drumming or get canceled and then cut into tiny pieces for saying I don't like sushi, which actually, no, I, I'll, I'll cut you if you say you don't like sushi. Maybe I should be one of the demons. I don't like sushi. All right. Uh, I'm going to hop a plane. Uh, I, got my <laughs> knife. I should probably plan on buying a knife when I get out there, actually. That's okay. I'm, I'll work it out. Don't you worry. I got this. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, by the time you get here, I'll be in Chicago, so it'll be fine. <laughs> but I think one of the beautiful aspects of that is you could read this in a very sort of humanist way in that we create our hells via what we do not love yes and thus hell must be eternally changing to reflect us as a people to take that a step further uh, and look at a like a specific incident like say that you had a person who went to hell and that person enjoyed being tortured got off on it so then you have to evolve in order to find some way to torture that same person uh without torturing them that's right and i think what's great about that is when you look at how visions of hell are shown in in history you know dante alighieri who was in the greatest circle of hell judas iscariot uh was it the guy who stabbed that guy, Julius Caesar, 
wasn't Marcus Aurelius. It was that other one. Brutus. 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 A two Brute. A two. That's a two right. Brute. That's right. The brew dog. And uh, so they were actually in the circle of hell reflecting what the view of that time was. And here it's the exact same thing. It's a natural evolution of that sort of movement. And Fonda Lee is just a fantastic writer that manages to combine humor and deep thoughtfulness with an intellectual spin to it that never overpowers the story aspects. And I love that. Yeah, the, the critique of, of some aspects of society is definitely more of an undercurrent. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think there's room for it because of the fact that she treats this story with such a delightful playfulness. Correct. Ah, uh, oh, that felt good. It was, <laughs> yeah. I think I think this is a wonderful story. I, it's pretty recent. Is this this year? Uh, I feel like yeah. Hmm. Are there dates on this? Well, the comments are uh, are from May of, or sorry, I don't know months. June of this year. Oh, okay. So this actually could end up on my Hugo ballot, as has happened many times before when I've nominated stories that I've read on this. <laughs> for this I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, we only choose the absolute best stories ever. So. You are not wrong, except for that one with the stairs. That had its issues. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Hey, hey, Christy. Chris, what? Got anything else on this one? Uh, no, I think that's everything. I just, I really did enjoy the the playfulness of it I, and, and the unique spin on hell, so. And I just want to give the flu for a little scratch beneath the chin. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Hey, what should we read next week? Um, do I look like a deer caught in headlights? Because I feel like a deer caught in headlights. <laughs> I don't think we had chosen you're right (laughs) we had not chosen anything uh so best let's go back in time just a little bit best short stories 2012 oh how's about um let's see i'm just looking for a title that pulls me in um ooh, that one does it Okay, let's see if I can, now let's see if it's available online. Ah, I hate it when I'm hoping that I'll get the story and I get a review of the story, which, you know, is kind of ironic considering what we do here. (laughs) Oh yeah, we review stories. Yes, we do. Um, okay, no luck. So I'm looking for Beautiful Monsters by Eric Puckner. I'm not finding it. All right. It's a good name. I want to read it. That's a great title. It's a wonderful title. Okay, maybe this one. Oh, boy. 
All right, you pick something. I'm, I'm, I'm. My, my brain is no longer working at good at things. Uh, I've brained all I can brain. Yes, let's do some bow. All right, yes, it's bow time again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Casavamatiyo. Sure. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that That's story. It's fun to make fun of the way they say Amatiyo. <laughs> Well, I'm going to say it all pretentious like, so you can make fun of that. Perfect. Excellent. All right. And we're back. Hey, hey, Christy. Yes? What should we read next week? You know, I just happened to have had this brilliant idea that we that was not influenced by you in any way, shape, or form, that we should read The Cask of Amontillado by Edgar Allan Poe. Mr. Edgar Allan Poe. Totally Chris's idea because I blanked out trying to find a story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what can I say? That bug-eyed little monster always gets me. (laughs) I know, I know. Love that bug-eyed little Poe. Yes. Well, you know what? In that case, this is short story. Short podcast.